0: Welcome to Popular Podagogy. In today's episode, what we're going to do is find out how the education world is dealing with this pandemic. We're going to talk to a student, a faculty member, and a current teacher in the Ontario school system to get a better sense of how they're handling it, uh, what are some things that we can do to stay occupied and encourage the education system, and maybe have a little fun. We're fortunate to be joined here by our first guest, Nelligan Letourneau. Nelligan, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm good, thank you. Uh, So we're we're curious a little bit to see how all of this has been affecting students. So uh, you're currently a teacher candidate at Queen's University. Um, Queen's has moved all of their programming online. Um, How did that affect you? What's the transition been like? um what how have you handled
1: that um well the uh transition into uh self-isolation happened while I was on my alternative practicum so uh the transition into classes just started last week uh so for the first uh three weeks that we were in self-isolation I uh transitioned from my alt practicum that I was doing Uh, at an art studio in Kingston to moving back to Ottawa and um, having to find an alternate solution to that alternative practicum. Uh, Now that I'm doing classes, we have uh, started uh, doing some Zoom classes. So several of my classes are in a video format and they happen at the same time they would have normally. And then I have some classes that I'm able to do asynchronously. And um, I've just been trying to, I guess, Keep afloat it's been a bit of a struggle uh, to readjust to this format. I'm used to being um, in a program where I'm constantly collaborating with my um, teachers and my my school schoolmates and, and students so uh, it's been interesting to figure out how to do that through an online platform
0: that's a that's a good point that you bring up there because. Teaching in itself is in its nature is such a social um, profession. You're always interacting with students, you're act- interacting with your peers, you're interacting with um, parents. So, as someone who is used to being in a social atmosphere pretty consistently, how are you trying to stay socially connected?
1: Great question. It's funny, I just before this call, I looked at my recent call history and All of my calls were basically from um, like three or four of my friends who are also in the program with me right now. So we have been um, in almost like constant communication through the phone. And it's funny because it's almost more communication than we would be in person when we happen to see each other in the hallways or something. Uh, So... We're kind of supplementing this lack of face-to-face connection through hearing each other's voices and um, doing that more regularly than we would have.
0: Yeah, it's nice that uh, it it finally has brought back the the phone to a <laughs> new generation of people. We've we've finally been able to do it. We <laughs> it, from the texting generation back to the phone generation. It's perfect.
1: It's so much easier. I don't have to. know use my thumb muscles as much.
0: Carpal tunnel has never been so relieved. (laughs) Um, So you mentioned earlier that you were doing your alternative practicum uh, as this was going on and and I know at the Faculty of Education we've had to try and come up with some creative um, alternatives to practicum because of physical distancing so you had a really cool idea can you explain a little bit about what you've done?
2: Sure
1: yeah so my alternative practicum as I said was in an art studio in Kingston, and it was an inclusive arts hub for people um, who are artists who um, have exceptionalities or face barriers. And I was there for one week. And once I left our uh, coordinators, I'm in the ACE program, the Artist in Community Education Program. Our coordinators said that we could take this opportunity to figure out um, basically our own um, alternative, whatever that may be. And so what kind of rooted my idea of of creating um, art education resources online through YouTube videos was that I could share these with some of the people that I had been doing my alternative practicum with originally. So I started um, a YouTube channel, which I really had no... Uh, idea I would ever be doing, and I have made four videos so far, and um, each one is uh, 15 minutes or shorter, and uh, in the videos, I show myself doing an art project with materials that are around my house that most people would probably have at theirs, and I give um, instructions as to how to do them, and then show my final product, and I've uh, been sharing these, uh, through, uh, Facebook and email. And, um, it's been really cool to see how many people they've reached. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of what ended up happening with my alternative practicum.
0: So first of all, the art studio sounds like a pretty amazing, uh, alternative practicum idea. Um, so I, it's unfortunate that you aren't able to continue with that, but I hope that, uh, you get involved in that when it when it comes back or or at least um, can support it in some way. But I was fortunate to, enough to be able to go on and check out some of your videos prior to this um, and you do a really good job. So I am, a, I am an art amateur. Uh, I once <laughs> made a deal with my art teacher that they would give me a 67 as long as I in, in the class as long as I uh, handed in all of the work and, and did not disrupt the class. Um, but you make it seem like it's, it's pretty easy and it's pretty doable. And and the end product is still pretty amazing. So, uh, kudos to you on that. But I have to say that my favorite one that you did was, uh, the pet portraits because I got to meet Romeo. So that was was very nice. So,
1: and um, Romeo,
0: uh,
1: oh, sorry to cut you off. I just wanted to say Romeo is my dog, but he's, he's 15 and a half years old. So, um, I, I'm impressed that he was in the video too. <laughs> yeah.
0: So if you're, if you're interested in going to see uh, and meet Romeo, uh, where, where would they be able to find these? And what are they called?
1: Uh, pop- they're, uh, they're on YouTube. And my channel is my name, which is Nelligan Laterno. And every uh, video starts with art at home. And then it follows with whatever project I'm doing. So that video with Romeo would be art at home, pet portraits.
0: And uh, Nelligan, I have to say that for someone who says that they've never used YouTube before, never made a video, it seems very well done and very creative. So uh, thank you for, for putting those together and for sharing those. And hopefully it's a good resource um, for not only parents at home, teachers at home, uh, anyone who wants to be able to put together just some arts uh, for, for anyone. It's, it seems like it's a very inclusive activity. So thank you for coming on and sharing that today. Thank you. And for our next guest, we're joined here by Chris Carlton, who's an instructor at the faculty. Uh, Chris, how are you doing today? Great, thank you, Nathan. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, so how are things going during this crazy time? Uh, there's been a lot of changes that have been going on at the faculty. How have you been adjusting to them? I, crazy is a good definition for Nathan.
3: Um, I'm actually uh, I'm enjoying it because and let me let me put a qualifier on that I'm enjoying the aspect of being able to try new technology Um, I'm really missing the face-to-face with my students Uh, that's what uh, got me up in the morning and and kept me going throughout the day is seeing their faces and and being being able to have that connection but uh, with the Zoom platform that uh, we're using I really feel that I do have the ability to have that video chat with them and still be able to connect them in that way. I really feel that this is a, for me at least, because I'm, I'm sort of a bit of a, a technology dinosaur. This is a new digital frontier for me, and uh, and and it allows my creativity to uh, to flow a little bit more or in a different way, I guess, because I I think my classes are are creative but it's given me a new avenue to to try. I think I might become a newscaster. I'm not sure.
0: Well, I hope if you become a newscaster, you get to keep the outfit that you're wearing right now. For those that are listening at home, Chris has uh, a nice beach background in the background. He has a lay around his neck. And if I'm not mistaken, he's got a nice lovely pina colada cup that he keeps sipping on throughout throughout this conversation. So we are all sufficiently jealous of Chris from his work from home situation from the background that he's got there. And uh, rumor has it you're doing something like this in your class as well, some sort of Zoom background competition?
3: Yeah, so Nathan, we're trying to, I try to keep as much familiarity as possible so that we have that continuum. So uh, in our face-to-face classes, what do we call those Uh, pre-pandemic classes, Um, I always opened up with a music video so when the students came in, when the TCs came in, they'd have music to listen to or a video uh, going. And I can still do that with the Zoom classes. So every time when they start Zooming in, um, it's amazing how our vocabulary changes too. eh? When they start Zooming in, um, I still have that video, that music video playing. And we all sit there and do the head bob and we can see each other. So uh, today we had 38 students in there or TCs in there. And it's great just to still have that musical connection and be able to relate to them in that way. And we all do the thumbs up, roundup, thumbs up, uh, just to make sure everybody's okay and they can hear me. And then we get right into just a quick activity. And the great thing about Zoom is we can do a quick poll, just a fun poll to see how everybody's feeling. Today we did one where they had to uh, rate themselves, rate their mood based on weather conditions. So whether they were sunny cloudy, foggy, rainy, or double rainbow, and I got a few double rainbows, which I was very, very pleased with, and then we also do breakout rooms, where we can just have a quick chat with each other, and uh, as an instructor, as the Zoom host, I can jump from classroom or breakout
0: to breakout room, so it's it's amazing to be able to do that. Yeah, and it's, you know, the thing that really strikes me from what you're talking about is that we're so focused on all the things that are different, and all the challenges that come along with Um, being in a situation like this and I mean I know that I've seen and commended a number of people who have been able to switch and adjust and try and find ways to to make this the new normal but the fact of the matter is is that a lot of the ways that we were doing effective instruction and and being good teachers and good humans and caring about each other can be transferred over to these types of technologies and um, we're, we're really in quite a remarkable time but we still need to remember that a lot of the things that work, such as setting a routine, like the music videos, um, work over this as well. And and making those routines and making those connections with people, and you know, getting those double rainbows, they still mean everything to the people that are that are in your class. I'm sure. So um,
3: it is, and we're we're I, trying to st- stretch it a little bit further, um, and trying some new things. So challenges that we have, or sorry, presenting challenges that are available because of the digital world. So this week we had a um, virtual background challenge where everybody had to, or anybody that wanted to, had to change their background. And Zoom has a great program for that. And not only did they have to change their background, but they had to actually fit into their background. So that's why my tropical background is complemented by my Leia and a uh, God awful uh, tropical shirt as well. And my pina colada. Uh, next week though, we have a new challenge, and that's uh, bring your pet to Zoom. So everybody gets to bring their pet because we've seen over the past little while there's been a cat run across the keyboard or uh, a dog being lifted up. So we thought we'd celebrate that, and and uh, so for the first part of our Zoom, everybody gets to put their their uh, their cat or dog or pet. We're trying to see who can bring the most exotic pet, but. Um, bring them right into the Zoom class uh, and and be able to celebrate that as well. The fact that uh, we do have these companions and they're part of our life so why not make them part of the classroom as well. So we're going to do that for the uh, for next week so that should be a lot of fun as well.
0: Yeah I bet you that the students can't wait for that. Yeah. Um, I I know that that was a big theme when, when I was doing uh, some of my master's classes as well as everyone brought their pets up and was showing them off and You never see someone so proud as when they get to show someone else their dog or cat. So it's, it's an important part of being in a class there. Um, I would be, I would be remiss if before we let you go, I didn't ask. Um, Alex uh, is our, our podcast uh, aficionado. She's the one that helps get all the guests and organizes us and keeps us on track. Um, And she's in this uh, sitting quietly, but she uh, insisted that I ask you about uh bringing back the brady bunch and jetsons tv in your classes so would you be able to explain on how you're doing that i sure can and thanks alex for that
3: promo there um the the one thing about uh, about teaching and nathan you'd realize this too that especially in education what was old becomes new again a lot of things are recycled and we start looking at new new educational material and you can see the remnants of of something that was successful in the past and brought forward. So Zoom, I explained to my students that Zoom is not uh, a new concept. Um, Zoom was in a different form in the 1960s, so what I did is I showed them a a video clip of the intro from the Brady Bunch and for people who are uh, of the age that can remember the Brady Bunch, um, it had uh, six kids on, on, or three kids on either side, mom and dad in the middle, and then, and then the, um, oh, I forget her name. It had the, uh, the nanny in the middle. And they would all look down at each other and they'd do the Brady Bunch theme. So I showed them the clip and then we took the time to actually look down to see who was below us, look to the left, look to the right, give them a little wave. And it was really cool to see, even though it wasn't really happening, To be able to see people thinking, okay, there is somebody below me, beside me, and up above. And then the next feature was in 1968, there was an episode of the Jetsons, which was a cartoon. And uh, George Jetson answers their video phone. And his wife uh, doesn't want to come to the phone because she hasn't got her morning face on. So she runs to the closet and she puts on this mask. And she comes back and she talks to the person. Uh, on the video chat, and I was explaining that even in Zoom, you can go down and change the settings, and I can make myself uh, a high definition, which you guarantee you don't want that, or you can soften your features. So these aspects of Zoom are from have been forecasted, I guess, back in the 1960s. So it was really a lot of fun to to sort of show the TCs that uh, what old becomes new again at some point in time.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, Chris, for taking the time today to come on and uh, hopefully we'll be able to chat again soon. So we can hear about what new shenanigans, you can cook up on zoom
3: And thank you so much, Nathan. I think the one thing I'd like to leave us with was, that we really need to, as you actually alluded to at the beginning, we really need to focus on the positives the, the things that we can do With the technology and in the situation that we're in. And I know everybody is trying to do that the more we focus on the positive those little challenges that come up as a group we can overcome them and they don't seem as big and that, that is one thing when you're doing a zoom class and when you're doing this new new uh digital frontier there are lots of challenges i've turned off people i've kicked them out of the class by accident but we all sort of have that growth mindset that teachers are famous for and and a lot of people are famous for and and we, we just go with the flow and uh, it's a no stress situation and, and uh, we'll make it all work. And it'll be a fun experience, a new experience.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Hey, thank you so much. Great to see you. Our last guest today is a teacher in the Limestone District School Board, Diane Pennell. Diane, how are you doing?
2: I'm good, thanks.
0: So Diane, you are a grade one teacher? I am. And so, how has the transition to online learning for grade one students been? Because that must have been pretty difficult.
2: Well, as you can imagine, a grade one classroom is very hands-on and interactive. So, all of a sudden, having to speak through a screen or through emails has been difficult. Uh, that said, it's, it's been interesting and challenging learning new ways to be able to do that.
0: And so what are some of the ways, because especially at that age, you know, I I remember when I was teaching and you would go into the grade one classroom and they just idolized their teacher and they loved their teacher. And so uh, what are the ways that you're still staying connected with the students while you have moved to this online format?
2: All year I have been emailing with families. So that was an easy transition in the first two weeks when we first found out that we weren't returning to school after March break I sent an email to each of the families just to connect and see how they were doing and say hello to the child who was in my class and so I've continued to do that and now send daily emails during the school days of course not weekends uh, with work that the children have the option of doing on their own or with their family So that has been very positive. I receive photos and videos back from families, and it's so exciting to see the children, not obviously in person, but at least close enough that we can right now. So that's one of the things that we've done. Um, As well, they've continued with some of the activities that we've done in the classroom. Like we had EPIC which is an online reading program. And so we've continued that from home as well. And my first week was very basic. It was a lot of just straight emails to the parents. And I have now starting, started to learn some new ways. And so just today, actually, I had a few families send me some journal entries that their children had done. And I figured out how to use Screencastify, and I had their journal up on the screen, and then my face talking to them and giving them some feedback on their work. So it's it's been uh, certainly a challenge, but also, I mean, as fun as we can make it in the times that that we are in.
0: And so you mentioned how you've learned how to do a couple new resources and, and use a, a few new resources. So if there are some teachers out there that are listening. What might be some um, things that you would recommend that they go and check out?
2: Well, the this, this Screencastify has been sort of life-changing for me. I just learned about that on Friday during an online staff meeting. And so just being able to share the screen that I am looking at with the child has allowed some more opportunities for learning and for teaching. So that has been really fun. Um, And this is not mind blowing, but I learned how to do my first survey monkey. And so at the last, the end of last week, I sent a quick survey to all the families, just looking for some feedback on how they found my instructions, if the amount of work was, was enough, or if it was too much, and what were some of the favorite activities the students completed and what were some activities they really didn't like. So it was nice to hear back and then be able to guide my teaching this week based on the results of the survey
0: last week. And, and I think that's actually a really important message. You had, you had two kind of in there that were, were really um, something that I'd like to highlight is the first is that it doesn't necessarily have to be the flashiest tech resource or the flashiest new tool or anything like that. Like Sometimes the simple practices are what are most effective. And it comes down to, yes, it's important to continue to learn and grow and find these new tools, but it's also important to remember that the ones that you're most comfortable with and the ones that will be most practical for the students are the ones that are most essential to be used. And so really focusing on those things that you can use in your classroom or in your virtual classroom will be the important thing. And then the second thing that I'd like to, to touch on, and I think it's really incredible that you did this, is you searched for feedback amongst your students and you're and your, your allowing for reflective practice, even in this time that's completely different. You know, we're taught as teachers from the very beginning that being reflective in our practice and learning and growing is so important and uh, you're doing that. So uh, I wanna give you some kudos for, for thinking about that and taking the initiative and really trying to um, find ways to make it so that your classroom is more effective for your students. Um, you.
2: Would you?
0: a a win or something really cool that you've done with your your students so far, maybe an activity or something really fun?
2: Well so far all I've talked about is tech-based activities that we have done and not all of the students in our class or in our school have necessarily access to the technology or some of the students may be able to access the technology but it's not the best way for them to learn. Some of our students have special learning needs, and they often can't access their learning through a device. So one of the things that we did, and this was spearheaded by um, two of the EAs who work in my class, Shannon Beal and Tammy Cobb, and they put together an Easter craft or a spring craft, and so they bagged up all of the materials and then for students who um, lived in apartment blocks they mailed them out to them and those who had a front porch they dropped them off and i heard a lot of feedback Uh, the children are really excited to get these deliveries and lots of photos came through of their completed work with smiling faces so that was by far one of the the best things that has happened so far so we are planning another one maybe in a couple of weeks and
0: that will have to be a surprise. And that's, I think that's such an important thing because I know I am pretty active uh, on Twitter looking at different teachers and, and uh, thought leaders in the education field and a big part of that is that we have to remember that not everybody does have the same equal access to technology mm-hmm. and that there are, um, differences among students uh, no matter where you're teaching and so it's Things like that, where you can find ways to, to make it so that you're still interacting and engaging with students who maybe don't have all the latest technology is so important. So that's an amazing story. Thank you, Diane. Yeah,
2: thank you.
0: That does it for another episode of Popular Podagogy. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe to your podcast provider, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or just on the Faculty of Education or CFRC websites. A big thank you again to all of our guests today and stay safe, everyone.